Welcome to the 52 Academy, a weekly podcast full of new ideas, mindset shifts, and interviews with successful small business owners that will get you thinking and growing your business week by week. I'm Laura K. Sheely. And I'm Emily K. Risch. You can find all episodes of the 52 Academy podcast on our website, 52academy.com, or anywhere podcasts are available. If you like what you're hearing, reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook at the 52 Academy. Coming up, we'll chat with Dusty Suela, a woman whose journey of personal growth led her to launch a holistic wellness business. But first, let's dive into our weekly success principle. At the 52 Academy, we utilize a unique strategy focusing on one new sales or marketing tactic each week. This allows our students to clear the clutter and really focus on growth. This week, we are going to wander through your past work experience in hopes of finding your future customers. Oh, this sounds exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Trust me on this one, Emily. There are tons of people who you already worked with that might just need what we are selling. So listeners, dust off those resumes. Chances are, if you are in sales now, you may have been in sales in the past. If not, then let's dust off the resume anyway and take a look back at any of the contacts that you have used in your past business experiences. Ooh, this will be fun. A little trip down memory lane. These people have seen you in action, know your positive work ethic, and can be a great ally in building your business. We typically start our business relationships with people at an associate level. We know them because we've been in contact with them over a period of time on a regular basis and we're part of a similar system in our work experiences. Now we need them to know that we have transitioned into a new line of business, but we still want to make sure that they know they can work with us. We want them to know that we can educate them about the new products or the services that we're offering in order to continue to build that trusted relationship that you can now share your new expertise with. You'll need to engage in showing your motivation as you transition into this new sales venture. Also, you're going to want to make sure that they know how your products and services can help them. So what's the best way then to engage in a conversation with my past contacts on these new things? It might be a quick intro email or maybe even a phone call, but I would say you definitely want to make sure that it's personal. They want to remember that, remember that old gal Emily that was so great as my cube partner? Now she's selling this great, wonderful product, and I want to continue to connect with her. And don't forget the vendors, sales reps, and other industry contacts that you might have gained during your past work experience. As you know, Emily, I have a really special place in my heart for these B2B contacts because I've been one for many years. These contacts may be able to help you find a new line of business, or they could even connect you with services that you might still need to get your business up and running. You never want to underestimate the power of your past networking and how it can get you towards the goals that you have personally and professionally with this new venture. Use every contact to your advantage and never burn a bridge that you may need to cross later. Take some time this week to connect all of your old colleagues through your social media or by sending them your introduction message. This is also a great time to schedule a lunch or coffee to catch up on what they are doing. Continuing the connection with old colleagues and business vendors will help to expand your referral opportunities for 52 weeks and beyond. 
Welcome back to the 52 Academy podcast. One of my favorite quotes is, you have to run your day or else your day will run you. I literally have this set on my cell phone as my morning alarm when it goes off at the crack of dawn, reminds me to get out of bed and grab a hold of my day. Wait a minute. Clarify. So you actually change the label on the alarm that comes up on your phone? Yes, girl. How else do you self-motivate? Every alarm I have on my phone has a message attached to it. Oh, I absolutely love this. And can you change the ringtone? Because how do you know, like, all your alarms are going off at one time? Right. So I actually stagger my alarms in order of aggression, right? So, like, the early alarm starts off with a very simple sort of jingle bell chimes, and then it gets louder and more aggressive into, like, heavy alarm beeping the closer I get to the time I actually need to be awake. Oh, my. Okay. Well, I haven't thought about that, that I could (laughs) label my alarms... With quotes, motivational quotes. Get your ass out of bed right now. Get it moving, girl. Exactly. All right. Love it. Love it. So a morning routine really sets the tone for our day. And if you start out strong, you're very much more likely to have a focused, energetic day. As busy business owners with a million priorities nagging at us, we all aim to optimize our day. So how do you make sure you can start your day out on the right foot? I consulted a variety of sources, and then I added in my own quote-unquote research, and I came up with some top tips on how to really optimize your morning routine. Now, Laura Kay, please feel free to chime in here as I rattle through these because I am confident you have a pretty tip-top morning routine as well. Will do. First and foremost, everyone recommends starting your day super early. This was transformational for me. I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and when they were first born, I was a total night owl because the only moments I had to myself were at night when everyone was asleep. And so then I would find myself, you know, relaxing on the couch, watching some TV, having some baby-free time, but then my mornings were garbage. I was tired. I was unmotivated. I could barely drag myself out of bed to scramble to get the kids ready for school, get myself ready for work, run out of the house. It just got my day off on a terrible foot. So then I made the wild decision to join a kickboxing gym and the even more insane decision to take the 5 a.m. class. Bless you, lady. I don't even know. 5 a.m.? I mean, how do you even... What alarm do you set for that? All of them. All of them at the same time. So this meant I was getting up at 4.15 every morning. But then it became my amazing protected me time every day. I got up. I worked out. I came home. And then I had time for breakfast and a bit of personal time before I had to get the girls up, you know, get them ready for daycare, get kind of the rigmarole of the day started. You inspire me. I wish I could be that well put together in the morning. I recently read the book Miracle Morning, and it did convince me that I needed to take a little bit more me time to start each day. I like to meditate or read something motivating. If possible, I also love to start the day with a walk. It clears my head and gets me thinking about the amazing things that I can accomplish that day. Almost all of the experts recommend starting your day with some sort of exercise. I'm still doing boxing classes every morning. That's just become my thing. But even just going for a walk, doing some yoga, even just stretching can be a terrific start to your day. Plus, you just get it done. Your day can get busy and get away from you. And before you know it, you're skipping your 5 p.m. spin class because you've had something come up. This happens to me all the time. I start the day with a great intention. But if I don't actually get the sweat on first thing in the morning, it's likely not to get done. Agreed. I have a million more important things that suddenly need to be done at 5 p.m. And then 
I just think I'll do it tomorrow and then it never happens. Meditation is something else that all the gurus and all of the experts recommend making part of your daily routine. This is something I always kind of thought was mumbo jumbo, but now I'm totally on board with it. And I have Laura Kay to thank for this. One weekend, my daughters and I were staying up at Laura Kay's house in Iowa for the weekend. And when the three of us finally crawled out of bed in the morning, we found her on the back patio reading a book and sort of meditating. She was doing her daily stoic, as she calls it. Yep, meditation has been a game-changing addition to my routine. I found this great book called The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. There's a reading for each day of the year that features a lesson from a different Stoic philosopher, Seneca, Marcus, Aurelius, etc., all the old philosophers you may have learned about in history class. And then it breaks it down into a modern translation of how you can apply it to your life. So in the morning, I read my daily passage, and I light some incense, and I sit and admire the woods behind my house, and just ponder the day's message. This really gets me focused. At times, my mind is so cluttered that all I do is sit for 10 minutes and end up writing down my grocery list. But the point is, I let my mind go to wherever it takes me just for that 10 minutes. So then obviously, I went home and immediately bought the Daily Stoic too. So now I sit down every morning. Once I get my husband and my children out the door for the day and I'm finally alone and I light a candle and I put on some classical music and I read my Daily Stoic reading and then I journal about it and I write a page of what does this mean to me? How can it apply to my life? You know, really, it just, again, helps me focus my thoughts as well. So journaling, another thing that is highly recommended. This piece on journaling is so critical. This has been the piece that has really helped me to organize my thoughts. I have journals everywhere. I've got a journal in the car, in the center council, so that as I'm going on a trip, something comes up, I can jot something down. I have a journal on my nightstand, one down by my daily stoic, all over, just so that as ideas come, I can jot them down. And oftentimes with 52 Academy students, we coach them on just freeing your mind through journaling. Sit down, blank sheets of paper, let it go. It's a form of meditation in itself. Gratitude is another very important tool that you can incorporate into your daily routine. So many of us business owners have so much to be thankful for and so much gratitude for what we've accomplished and the things that we have in our lives. And I think it's really, really important to honor and, and reflect upon that. So every morning when I get out of bed and my feet hit the ground, I say, thank you in my mind. And when I stretch and I stand up and I, I get out of bed, I rattle through my gratitude list and I think of all the things that I'm thankful for, my children, my love of my life, my health, my family, all of the things that I have to be thankful for. And it really starts my day out on a, on a positive note and it, it really puts me in a, an attitude of gratitude, which I think is so important. If you're not grateful for the things that you have, you'll never bring more good things into your life. So this practice of gratitude is a great reminder every day about what's going well and what's going to continue to be a blessing in your life. Now, the last and final thing that all of the experts across the board agreed was important and something that I have literally only recently begun doing, making your bed. Oh, my goodness. I never make my bed. I mean... Okay, let me take that back. If I know someone's coming as a guest to my home, <laughs> even if they're not going to see my bedroom, I make sure the bed is made because there's nothing worse than someone automatically walking in and instantly saying, give me the tour. 
and then you have not put all the throat pillows out. Well, then those people are never invited back to your home again. <laughs> you don't just ask for the tour. Uh, but I honestly never made my bed either. I, you know, I'm just going to come back home from work and a few hours later I'm going to lay back down in it. So why waste my time? It's really got me thinking, what is it that makes me rush out of bed straight into my get ready routine and I can't take one minute to put the bed back together? It just reminds me of how rushed we are all feeling all the time. And if we could just take a minute or two, reset the bed, how much of a different mindset shift that gives you. So you're starting your day with a blank slate. The only thing that has spurred me into bed making in recent weeks is that now that I'm working from home, my home office is part of my bedroom. And so I end up walking back and forth past my bed all day long. And if it's clean and it's tidy, then I am in a better mental space for my work day. This also makes me think about my obsession with clean, fresh sheets. Mm. So as a frequent business traveler, of course, pre-COVID-19, I was used to crawling in and out of beds all over the country with fresh seats. This is why you didn't make your bed, because somebody came along at night and made it, uh, did the turndown service. <laughs> but seriously, I have the best night's sleep the first night unclean sheets. I always say that, you know, someday if I'm full of money and I've got extra to spare and I can have someone come along and just change my sheets every day, it would be a game changer. So it's something to think about. You know, when we create this very restful space for ourselves, how it refuels us into all of the things that we can accomplish in a day and how our focus will be so much stronger if we just do those few little things that make us more mindful about our rest. Okay, now you've convinced me. I'm going to be making my bed and I'm going to add it to the list to make sure that I start off my day on the right foot every time. Joining us here today in the 52 Academy studio is Dusty Suela. Dusty is the owner of Panda Marie, which is a wellness spa that offers a wide range of services, including holistic healing therapies, yoga, nutrition coaching, life coaching, massages, spray tan, cleanses, facials, and more. Dusty has recently released two books, Panda Marie is Kind and Recovery with Panda Marie. Welcome, Dusty, to the podcast. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we are so excited to have you here today. Tell us about Panda Marie and just a bit about what the business is. You know, I get this question quite a bit. And um, one of the main things is like, how did you come up with this name? What is this name from? And my name is Dusty Suela, but my parents were going to name me Panda. My middle name is Marie, so Panda Marie, and I wanted to make this very personal to me, which mm -hmm. this is. My tagline is living the life you love naturally, which is also, you know, kind of my baseline. I really try to be as natural as possible, combining both Western and Eastern medicine and, you know, meeting the client where they're at. So tell me, you know, there was a point probably, right, where you had to take a leap. You yes. had to say, I'm going to start this thing. Hopefully you thought it was going to be amazing. Yeah. But- Something had to click. Something had to drive you to say, this is the new path that I'm going to start. Talk to me a little bit about that. You know, I'd worked uh, in hospital settings a majority of my life. And, you know, with my uh, own personal journey, I was able to go down the path of holistic healing, you know, and these things all worked for me. My beginning thought was, if this works for me, how can I help others? 
because it was such a freeing feeling to not be so weighted down by, you know, my past, by addiction, with moving through the recovery process and healing from my past. So anyway, I thought, you know, if this can help me, how can it help other men and women and just humans in general? So, um, yes, it was a huge leap of faith. At my previous job, I had set hours. Uh, I made a very comfortable income, I guess. And um, I knew that that was going to come in every month. So I had to kind of sit down and I prayed a lot about this, meditated a lot about um, making this leap. And I got all my ducks in a row and um, didn't really talk with like a business coach or, you know, I just kind of wrote it all down myself and figured it out. And financially, this is what I have to have. This is what I have to do monthly. And I honestly just, it was very scary, but just took this leap of faith that I knew it was going to work out. So I'm two and a half years into this business and still fumbling through things. But I think you do that whether you really know what you're doing or not. I've had some detours. I've had some bumps in the road, but I feel I'm very passionate and confident with what I'm doing to help others and it's working. So one of the things that I've heard you talk a lot about in other encounters that we've had and things that I've read about you touches on the idea that this business was ultimately inspired by your recovery. Correct. And as someone who's also 16 years sober, high five across the podcast yes, studio, huge podcast. High five. I, I am loving the idea that you have been able to transform that part of your life into something that's ultimately helping others that are trying to find that same freedom. And so tell me a little bit about how that went for you. Six and a half years ago, I went through rehab. Prior to that, I had had many failed attempts at becoming sober. I finally found some things that worked for me. And it was a, a big range of tools that I use for my recovery. But one of those things um, was yoga. Another was meditation, surrendering, you know, just surrendering to my higher power and also knowing that I couldn't do it alone. Being in recovery, as you may know, throughout the years and throughout um, time, it is a little lonely. So to know that I can be a friend or a mentor to somebody to know like it can be done, it totally can be done. And you can still live a very happy, fulfilling life without having to have that blank, you know, whatever you're addicted to as your numbing or whatever that may be. I had somebody ask me actually today, are you really happy? 100%. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. I'd be not being truthful if I said that, but you know, my life is very, I have a great relationship with my husband. Mm -hmm. um, we're able to communicate differently than we did before. My relationship with my children after long talks and forgiving and, you know, being able to actually communicate, we have a great, great relationship. Uh, I haven't had to say uh, really sorry for anything that I didn't remember saying, you know, just all these things that uh, I'm able to be more present, even being here with you today, like just all the things, smelling the wood and, you know, just being out here and I walked around outside and just being able to embrace nature a little bit. I would have never, ever had that before. So it's more than just being sober, but it's really just living this, this great life for all that it is. And that was part of my transformation too, is really just, we have this one chance, honestly, to live our life. I was in the throes of addiction for about eight years. During that time, I was either hungover, buzzed, or drunk a majority of that time. So I wasn't actually feeling, I wasn't present really at all. So I missed out. So with my recovery, I feel that, you know, I'm able to make the most of this. And that's also with my business. Like if I don't do this now in my forties, I will never, ever do this. And I'll look back and wish, I wish I would have done that in these last six years. There's nothing that I regret. I've done every single thing that I've wanted to do. You know, I've sold some books. Mm -hmm. I've been on a couple podcasts I've started a business and I've also inspired some people and I've done it all sober. 
I think that's just amazing. So many people who start a business are passionate about what they do. If it's selling cars, selling makeup, building houses, whatever it is. But in your situation, it is really from a much deeper place. And I think that speaks volumes in what you are bringing to your customers and to help people, to truly help them, whether it's, you know, with overcoming addiction or just their general health and wellness Mm -hmm. and all of these things that we know are so interconnected to a person's emotional state, to their physical state, to their ability to be a successful business person, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, all these things that we know now, we talk a lot about morning routines and rituals and things that set you up for your day and that your experience has really pushed you to want to bring all of this to other people. It is not owned. We have to continue to work on this every single day. Um, And I take it honestly, one day at a time, even it's comes down sometimes one hour at a time, one day at a time, one minute at a time sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I do know that with my sobriety, anything is possible. And I'm able to to go through all the motions, um, emotions. And if I stumble or if I fall, I know that I have the strength because I am in recovery to stand up. But I have to keep, keep working on this every single day. I do have a morning routine. I get up and I meditate every single day. I do a little yoga practice and then I go to the gym. That is my good hormones Mm -hmm. that uh, really get me going for my day. And I do that every single day. I also set a word of intention and I do that at the beginning of the year. And that's kind of my focus every single day. So this year it's been clarity. You know, each year of recovery, I'm able to really keep my focus, be present and um, just really focus on that word of intention. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you just started with yoga, right? And then yep. you have built from there. Your business has expanded in offering other services. It started off with primarily yoga, meditation, and those are the things that I've, I guess, been certified in the longest. I originally started yoga maybe 17, 18 years ago, and I did it just for stretching. For those of you that do yoga, I would leave during Shavasana. I was like that annoying person that got up and left because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to take a nap here with all of these people. And um, I'm, there's no way I can relax and calm my mind. So I would get up and leave. Cut to and- Laura Kay, who basically <laughs> comes in late to the yoga class just so that I can have Shavasana. Yes. yes. <laughs> and now, I, I mean, it's my favorite part of it now. I love just to be calm and be still and, you know, be at peace for that, you know, 10 minutes or so. So I, yeah, I started out with yoga meditation and um, I have a couple mentors that I work with, Marsha Neeland, uh, Cedar Rapids, uh, Aviana Castro out of Michigan, uh, just a few different mentors that really helped me to understand the meditation and yoga. And then I got my certification. Um, I've worked with Molly Schreiber out of Dubuque quite a bit. She's amazing. So these things were working for me with my recovery. And then actually throughout rehab, I did lots of sound healing. You know, everything's vibrating. So, you know, when you walk into a room and you can feel maybe a a good vibe from somebody, or you can also feel that bad vibe. That's a vibration that they are putting off. And so how does sound healing work? That's something I'm not familiar with. Yep. So you can use many different things uh, for the source of sound. So I use um, Himalayan bowls, uh, crystal bowls tuning forks. So for specific areas, a lot of times I'll put the actual bowls on your body and play the bowls and you feel, you hear, um, you're fully present. Um, I walk you through it and um, you're able to feel that vibration within your body. So it's really replacing any negative vibration within the cells with this positive 
vibration. It's pretty amazing. Wow. So I had that done quite a bit and lots of, you know, moving through my chakras, opening those, just those, that free flow of energy and understanding all of this. So I went back and got all these different certifications, took lots of different trainings. Uh, Natalie Brown, um, it was a training I did with her for the sound healing. All these things were working for me. And with each thing, it almost gave me a little bit more strength, a little bit more confidence. And then I was able to really dive in and and help people with using all these different modalities to help them with whatever they have going on. And it doesn't have to be just, you know, it doesn't have to be addiction. It can be people that are sad or they're kind of stuck in their life. Maybe they have a great job, their their marriage is okay, and they want to feel more fulfilled. I can help them with that too. As I listen to you speak, what I'm hearing a lot is that you have been able as a small business owner to not only tune into what your own feelings and experiences are, but you're also really open to hearing other people's suggestions or things that they're seeing for you. Yes. And I understand that there was a little bit of an encounter that may have happened at a retreat that led you to really taking this leap. Tell us that story. I was in Troncones, Mexico, and um, we flew into Xtapa, and I was on this retreat. There was a woman that was going to be there, Aviana, and I didn't know anything really about her. I hadn't researched her, looked her up. She's an actual intuitive. Something had happened with me personally just a few months prior to that. And one of the days, like the second day there, I had met her, super sweet, very genuine person. And I was waiting for dinner and she had walked up to me and kind of started talking about some things that nobody knew about. I was like, this is really interesting. We ended up talking a little bit more, a little bit more, and she had kind of opened my eyes to some things. And whether she knew exactly what had happened or whatever that may be, Um, She really just made me start to think and gave me the motivation to move forward. And she said, you need to go after your dreams, not to let money and scarcity really hold you back. You have to do these things. Um, Otherwise, you'll look back and wish that you did. So I went home and told my husband about it and just really started working towards this goal of opening my own business. And it's been a challenge in many ways, but it's also been so fulfilling. I've been able to meet so many amazing women, men, uh, just people in general with our community. And I've been very supported also, which is, it's just a great feeling. Where I was at, I needed to be there in my previous job, my previous jobs, working in the OR, working at a, you know, a um, a health spa here in town. And um, I needed to be there. And I'm very grateful for all those experiences, good, bad, ugly, (laughs) because they have really formed me and helped me to be this woman I am today. A lot of times we get so bent out of shape over negative things that happen to us. When really that's when we grow, that's when we go out of our comfort zone. I jumped way, way out of my comfort zone with opening this business. And, you know, I don't have a business degree. Um, I have a lot of friends that have business degrees. So I was able to get a lot of information, but it was very scary. But also I'm, I'm all about like, let's see what's going to work. Let's try some different things out because what I was doing, I had outgrown where I was at and it wasn't working for me anymore. I think a lot of people stay where they're at because they're comfortable And it it all looks good. But really on the inside, like I wasn't speaking my truth. I didn't feel comfortable being there anymore. I felt like I was like trying to get out of my skin when I was there. It just wasn't, I wasn't living my truth. 
It's interesting, I think, when you get into a space where you start to feel that uncomfortable level, that I'm prickly for even a career path that you've been in for years. And that's been very great at providing a safety net, both income wise and just with your identity and everyone knows you that way. And then to think about taking this leap into a completely different space or taking the risk of you're not going to have a paycheck on a regular basis anymore. You're going to have to build this company from scratch. How do you build that confidence within yourself to say, I can do this. And even when it's tough, I am going to be able to figure out how to pull through. What we see a lot, especially in the 52 Academy community, is people just have that resistance to taking the leap. It's fear. How do you overcome the fear? And that is, I think, doing things on a regular basis that challenge you and that you're afraid of. I went to a retreat almost eight years ago, and one of the the speakers there had said, I challenge you to do um, in this next year, before you come back next year to this retreat, um, I challenge you to do three things that you are afraid of. She had us write all those things down, and my number one thing was to get sober. And it was because I didn't think I could do it. The second thing was to um, do a triathlon. And the third was to get my Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was expensive. So anyway, I did, you know, uh, that next year and a half, I did all of those things. And so I think doing those things that, that you're afraid of and that, you know, gets your heart racing and really, you know, makes you feel like the the butterflies in your stomach, those things are important to do because that gives you the confidence and helps you overcome the fear of starting the business or getting sober or knowing, giving you that confidence to know that you can do it. One of the things too, I think that listeners really need to hear in this conversation is the idea that you cannot run your business successfully until you are running yourself successfully. And I know that there's a lot of great entrepreneurial stories where you see this great company that they've built, but what you often fail to see in that story is the time that they took to really align themselves. Mm -hmm. I love the story of Bill Gates. If you've seen the Netflix documentary that he did where he goes out, I think it's like one week a year to some rural place in Washington with just a pile of books and like 20 cases of Diet Coke. Because he tells this story of how for years he's built this successful company, but he's only been able to do it because he takes that time for themselves. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes entrepreneurs and salespeople, we're going, going, going all the time. And we think that the more time we put in, the more fast we can get things done, the more we're going to drive our business forward. When in reality, it's those times when we get quiet or we allow the thoughts to come that actually put us in an innovative state to figure out where the business goes next. Right, right. And that's kind of that um, that self-care, that self-love. For me to really do what I love, I had to be able to love myself and be okay with who I was at the end of the day when there's no one else around. So I think that that's that self-care, that self-love, and doing the things that are going to fill your cup. Mm-hmm. And it's not bringing in a big check or it's not, you know, seeing how many things I can check off my list. It's really at the end of the day, being okay with who you are as a human. We have a lot of listeners here uh, listening in from all across the country. Where can they find Panda Marie? Physically, we are located in Hiawatha, Iowa. The website is naturallyfeelingbetter.com. And I'm also on uh, Facebook and Instagram with Panda Marie LLC. Uh, On Amazon with my, both of my books are on there. 
the Panda Maria is Kind is a children's book, just all about being kind. And then Recovery with Panda Marie on Amazon. You can also order it from my website. Um, it's really working through some of those issues that live in our tissues, encountering um, and, and working with some yoga, some meditation, some affirmations, and um, kind of working through the things that we need to work through. You know, now you are two and a half years into your business with mm-hmm. Panda Marie. If you could go back to day one when you were starting this business with everything that you know now and all the things that you've experienced over the last two and a half years, what advice would you give to yourself? Uh, I would just not be so hard on myself on those days when I'm not bringing in a bunch of money or, you know, at the end of the day when I get my total sales for the day and I used to the first year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I only made X amount. That's not where the happiness is. Like that's where those are the days that make me work even harder. So just really appreciating all the days in between, not just the good, but also the the challenging ones. We also, I feel that we're looking so much to go, you know, from point A to point B, but it's really that, that journey in between that we need to appreciate more. I love that. I will tell you as a salesperson myself through the years, you are spot on with the idea that when I get the daily report that is less than what I expected, there's never a day like that that I get more analytical. I start to really see what's led up to that. What am I going to change going forward? And so using those days that look initially like setbacks as really a launching point for the research that you're going to do to make the business better on the next day is critical because you get caught up in that negative mindset of the woe is me or, you know, this is awful and you can't focus in the way that you really need to, to take it to the next level. So that's awesome. Setting up camp there. We have to, you know, like you said, use that as a launching pad to move forward. Yeah, it's that failing forward Mm -hmm. mentality that is so critical when you're in that business growth mindset. So, well, I got to tell you, Dusty, this has been an absolute treat. As you know, you know, we met just several months ago. I took my husband to do a Valentine's Day yoga session. I highly recommend a tree pose if you're ever in an argument. And this is just... Can I just for a moment stop and say... That you and Travis doing Valentine's couples <laughs> yoga just makes me giggle, <laughs> having known you for as long as I have. Well, I will tell you, Dusty, this thing that you taught us in the session about if you're ever having a little off day between the two of you, just mm-hmm. do a tree pose together. And mm-hmm. for all you yogis out there, you know what I mean. You're basically balancing on one leg together. Yes. We say that a lot. Like, if we're in an argument or something's off, mm-hmm. I'll just turn to him and go, tree pose? And we know it's like mistletoe, you know, (laughs) we know what that means. And it's like, "Mm, figure out how to reconnect. So, but yeah, this, this has been really great. And I think that listeners are going to get a lot out of it. And, and again, I hope that everyone takes a little bit of time to go check out Panda Marie, all of their products and, you know, take a little bit of time for yourself. Thanks again, Dusty. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you to all of you, our 52 Academy podcast listeners. If you want to join the next cohort of the 52 Academy, please head over to 52academy.com to apply for our next session. All of the ideas, comments, and strategies presented on the 52 Academy podcast are independently presented by Laura K. Sheely and Emily K. Rish. There is no affiliation with their employers or any other business networking groups. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you.